Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Baby Tribe Podcast, the podcast that gives you unbiased evidence-based information on all things to do with baby nutrition and health over the first few months following delivery. So, Katie, how are you doing today? I'm good, not too bad, can't complain. No. Now, we don't ask a lot from our listeners, sure we don't. We don't. But I'd like to ask them to rate our podcast and rate our episodes wherever they listen to it to help us reach more people. There you can see Afif is the real techie here now with writing. I was just going to say like and follow. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, the more people that do like, follow and rate, it really does help us spread the word of the baby tribe to yeah. reach more mums. So give us, give us five stars. And if you don't want to give us five stars, maybe don't, don't, don't rate us. Don't leave a negative. That's all we're asking. Yeah, we'd like to maintain our five star rating. Thank you very much. <laughs> and to say thank you to all our fantastic listeners I'd like to offer everybody listening to this podcast 15% off my art website. All my art prints, maternity and a lot more are available on afifsart.net. Um, if you use the checkout code BABYTRIBE, all capitals on checkout, you will get a 15% off everything on my website. And same goes to me for me, folks. If you want to partake in any of my classes, then you will get 15% off any of the live classes um, using the same checkout code. On nursingmama.ie. Oh, sorry, on nursingmama.ie. There you go. So what are we talking about today, Katie? We're going to talk all about starting solids, kind of getting into the nitty gritty of how to do it, what we expect. And we're going to talk a little bit about how it affects the breastfeeding as well um, going forward. Yeah. So starting solids, I get asked that a lot in, in clinic when I see babies, when they kind of reach around four or five months of age. There's a lot of information out there about when to start solids. And if you actually... I did a bit of a deep dive on this to really find out where the recommendation came from about starting solids in and around six months. If you actually go around the world, you find that people start solids at varying times. I've seen cultures that start solids as early as three months, and there are people that wait beyond six months. I think what the science shows now is that you shouldn't really wean too soon. And by too soon, we mean before 17, 18 weeks, which is in around four months. And you really shouldn't wait beyond six months of age. Why do we recommend not starting solids before 17 weeks? It is a kind of worldwide WHO recommendation stating that breast milk or formula milk is all your baby needs until they're in and around six months old. And introducing foods too early can potentially have some issues. What are those issues in that if you actually introduce foods too early, they can displace the essential nutrients supplied by breast milk or formula milk. The baby's kidneys aren't mature enough to handle food and drink other than milk. And also the digestive system is not yet developed enough to cope with solid foods. And there is some data showing that if you start solids too early, i.e. before 17 weeks, it can increase the risk of obesity later in life, and it can also increase the risk of allergy. And that's to do with the integrity of the bowel wall. It's not yet developed enough to handle all the potential allergens and food products that are present in solids. So really, it is not recommended that you start solids um, before 17 weeks. And even 17 weeks is a bit early to start solids. I would recommend not doing it until the babies have completed their fifth months of age. Anything to add to that, Katie? I would go along with the same. I think 17 weeks is quite early to start, uh, but I do think it is dependent on all babies and, and babies will reach kind of different varying milestones at different stages. 
So like any time for me, I'm kind of between the five and six months. The closer to six months, if you don't need to, then you don't just because not for the sake of, of starting them. But it very much depends between five to six months, um, but not before. I would even say 17 to the 20 week mark. Definitely. It's not required for the majority of infants. Yeah. And then you shouldn't actually wait later than 26 weeks because yeah. it's important to, to recognize that your baby's iron stores from birth are now almost completely depleted and they need solids to start replenishing and their iron stores. Also, the energy needs by babies will no longer be met by breast milk or formula milk alone beyond six months. And it can actually delay their chance to learn important skills, their gross and fine motor skills, including self-feeding. These are all important developmental skills that a baby needs to learn, and they can only learn this by starting solids. Also, introducing different textures can stimulate the development of muscles that are used in speech. So there's a lot of reasons why you should not wait beyond 26 weeks to start solids. This is a moving target and sometimes babies can be ready earlier and sometimes babies can be ready slightly later within that time window that we gave you. So there are some signs that you can watch out for to give you a clue that your baby may be ready to start solid foods. Yes. Yeah, so basically we are looking for babies that can sit on sit supported uh, or sit with support. Um, so that's in a good high chair that has back support with it. And feet should always be supported as well, not just dangling as they are in some high chairs that they have minimal tongue thrust. So that means that when you put a spoon in that the tongue doesn't just keep pushing the food back out. Um, you'd expect a small bit of this, but if it's continuous, then maybe the baby just isn't ready yet. And also that they're able to coordinate, that they can look at the food. They're, they're, a lot of the time you'll see that they're watching you as you eat and that they're able to start using their hand to pick something up and bring it to their mouth. They would all be kind of cues to tell us that baby is starting to get ready um, to offer them solids. On the flip side, there are signs that can sometimes be mistaken for a baby being ready for solids. And I often get asked those a lot in clinic, especially when the baby's around four, four and a half months of age. Parents come and say to me, um, you know, the baby's chewing their fists quite often. They're beginning to wake at night where previously they, they were sleeping for longer periods. And also they are looking for extra milk every now and again. Those are actually normal developmental signs and features that babies between four and five months of age exhibit. They are not signs that babies are ready to eat. And there is no evidence to demonstrate that starting solids at this stage will improve your baby's sleep. So these are all normal baby behaviors. They're not necessarily a sign of hunger or an interest in solid foods. So we're going to move on and talk about what solids are best to start your baby on. So when it comes to starting solids, it really does depend on whether a parent is going down the route of baby led weaning or spoon feeding. Uh, for me personally, I have always spoon fed, but with finger foods and the finger foods are a very important part of the weaning process. When you're starting off, it's all about preparation, uh, first of all. And we always start with savoury over fruit because we all have natural fruit, uh, a tendency towards sweet foods. So your savoury, when we look at it, it's any of the vegetables. So carrots, sweet potato, butternut squash, parsnips, any of these vegetables. And when you make them up, we're making them up to a yogurty consistency. So pureed consistency, no lumps or anything in it. And that's just to get them started on it. It takes about 10 to 12 tastes to like anything. So if they don't like it today, then you try again tomorrow. If they don't like it the next day, you try it again. There is obviously some babies won't like every flavour or taste that they have, but you don't discredit a whole food group because they don't like one particular taste. 
So when it comes to it, if your baby's taking about six spoons of that feed, then you can actually bring in the next meal time when they do that. When we start off, we're using purees uh, initially, but once your baby starts taking the puree very well, then that's when we start removing a little bit of the, uh, the kind of juice out of the uh, meal and we make it a little bit more thickened. So we move through the textures as fast as possible because uh, babies can get very used to the puree consistency. It's very easy to take in larger quantities and it's much better for the oral muscles and everything else in the tone to start progressing onto those uh, thicker, more texture, uh, textured substances. When we have, uh, we're looking kind of by hitting about three meals a day by the age of kind of seven months. So we start slowly. It's only a few spoons very starting off. It's them to get used to having a spoon into the mouth. Very different uh, technique to learn to swallow, take in the substance, swallow it down. Um, and just remember that their gums um, are like uh, teeth themselves. They can break down food very, very well with these. And when we're looking at it, we know that the iron stores deplete, as Afif said earlier, from about six months onwards. So we're really looking at iron rich foods coming into the diet at that point. If you're not vegetarian, you're looking at, you know, three portions uh, a week of your maybe possibly red meat. You might look at your green leafy veg um, and other options as well. Lentils are a great source of iron as well. Um, but we are looking for an iron rich source as well within the diet. If you are breastfeeding, don't panic. You do not need to use your breast milk um, in the diet. You can use uh, full fat cow's milk over the age of six months to mix up some of the diet, but it's not used as a sole source of nutrients um, in the diet at that point. What about baby rice? A lot of parents still ask me, should I start with baby rice? Yeah, we don't like years ago when I started out in peds, we would have all started on the baby rice and the sunshine orange and all these products. But actually all the extra products um, generally have higher sugar content within them. And baby rice is a poor nutritional source in that it fills up a baby's tummy, but there's very little nutritional content in it. So avoid. We really don't need them. It's much better to start on our our veggies initially and then bring in the fruits. So sometimes you'll find that the stools can slow down, the bowels can get a little bit sluggish when we start the solids. And this is where bringing in a little bit of pureed fruit can actually help. So prunes, pears, stewed apples, all these things can actually help get the bowels moving again. Yeah, and it's important to kind of focus on vegetables initially that aren't sweet, such as broccoli, cauliflower and spinach. This will help your baby get used to a range of flavors, not just the sweeter flavors and hopefully will prevent them from being fussy eaters as, as they grow up. And when you're cooking the food, obviously just make sure that it's cooled right down before offering it to your baby. Pasteurized dairy foods such as pasteurized full fat yogurt, cheeses are suitable for your baby from in and around six months of age. If you need to mix a bit of milk with the food, you can actually use full fat cow's milk. And they are good to use because they are unsweetened. And make sure if you're using yogurts, not to use the flavored yogurts, just to use natural plain yogurts to make sure that um, the babies don't get an excess amount of sugar. Yeah, the biggest thing is not to put our food preferences on our kids. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of hard to do sometimes. I know for me, I don't eat a huge volume of meat or, you know, certain fish I don't eat. Whereas we should be offering our kids a wide variety of food tastes in those very early days. I would always kind of recommend that, like, at the beginning, we can overthink it an awful lot where we're you know, trying to be perfect and we're trying to do all these, you know, specific things that we see on the Internet and what's recommended of different styles. But I know for me, oftentimes um, with my fourth, I make my own pot of whatever I'm making. But before I add my salts, my peppers, my extra condiments, I would always take out the, the baby's portion and then I might zoom it if required or depending on the age of that child 
So they're basically starting to eat the same meal. So from about one year on, they should be eating the meals that you're eating. And that can be the same as the curries, um, all these extra things, just watching the amount of flavorings that you put into them. So obviously, if they're very hot and everything else, you might taper it back down to meet the needs of the child. But basically getting the child onto the dinners that you're going to be eating uh, going forward. And the quicker you get through the textures and everything else, um, the easier then it is to offer them the same dinners that you eat. Just remember to start bringing in the finger foods. Um, and these can be that if the baby has eaten their dinner maybe a bit earlier and you're sitting at a mealtime, mealtimes are very social occasions where we all sit around and they should be included in in that even if they have eaten in advance of that but this is where maybe you've cooked up extra vegetables to hand and you've overcooked them a little bit so that when the child you can put them out on the little high chair and that they can actually this is where they can start practicing even their pincer grasps and they can start picking up the food and that technique of picking something up bringing it to their mouth is a huge developmental milestone so it's really important that we let them have that opportunity but just remember pick the foods so that they pick it up, that they can mash it in their hand. They make it a messy occasion. Foods and starting solids is all like kind of the first form of sensory play. So it is important that you kind of prepare yourself because if you're not used to mess and everything else, it can be quite a messy occasion. We try to avoid using a spoon and rubbing it off a baby's cheek. It's not very pleasant for a child. And there is some research showing that the more clean we are with a child with regards to starting solids, that the more likely that we can have issues with textures and moving forward. So let them be messy and just have a face cloth at the very end of the feeding session and then give them a little clean down. Yeah, and it's very important to um, build up the textures, as Katie said, from from early on. As you start with the kind of well-pureed food, even within two to three weeks, you should move on to thicker purees. So you add less liquid to the puree to make it thicker. And then instead of pureeing it, you move on to mashing the food with a little liquid rather than putting it in a blender. And then you move on to soft finger food and make sure there's a mix of textures. So add a little mashed or grated food into your baby's usual pre-raise just to give them that ability to appreciate different textures. It's very important for their um, oral function, oral development, speech development down the line. And you know what? I remember on my fourth, so obviously my first, I did everything perfect. And then by the time I got to the fourth, I actually realized that I didn't have uh, my Zoomer had broke whatever you call it, food puree. So I actually ended up using a, um, I was like, am I going to go out and buy one of these now? And I thought, no, I'm not going to waste my time. So I basically used my fork and I mashed it up well. And you can do it very, very easily. But he probably didn't start on exact purees. Now he's, he was the six month mark. But just remember, you can actually get through the stages much quicker um, and faster, depending on the infant. Babies all have a gag reflex. So some babies will have a more sensitive gag reflex than others. So that's not choking. It's about watching your facial features as well. So if a baby starts going ah, ah, like the way they can do, if a parent jumps and gets freaked out, then the baby's going to think, oh, my God, this is not this isn't good. And they can, you know, can be upsetting. So it's about you smiling all the way through it. Even if they gag, you kind of go, yay, really good. And you chat away and keep it all upbeat. Then the baby feels secure in the environment they're in and they're more likely to keep on going. So this is going to show the generational difference between me and you, um, Katie. I keep thinking that we're the same generation, but we're really in reality aren't. <laughs> what is a Zoomer? Oh, sorry. I just call it a Zoomer. It's a fruit puree or whatever you call those. Okay. Okay. This is, a, my husband calls this a Katieism, where I use a different word to describe okay. a product. Very good. So a Zoomer. Never heard that. <laughs> never, never heard of blender bean. We need one of those now on the market. Amazing. And just about what Katie said, remember, it can take up to 10 times or even more for your baby to get used to new foods, the flavors and the textures. And there will be days where they will eat more 
and there will be days where they will eat less and refuse. And um, am I allowed to say this? They can be manipulative little shits sometimes. <laughs> wow, that is powerful from a paediatrician, from a neonatologist. Yes, and I speak and I speak as, as a father here, because when my daughter was, I think, about eight or nine months of age, she basically went on a food strike and we all panicked. She just refused to eat and lost all sense trying to get her to eat. And the more we tried to feed her, the more she decided, no, I'm in control here. You ain't going to feed me. It had to take us to realize, you know what? She's not going to actually starve herself. She's doing this for whatever reason, for attention seeking. She's getting so much attention from us, engaging with her. And we've decided at the end to... We actually lined the living room with kind of a plastic sheet and we just spread food all over it and let her crawl around and taste it. And she and we left her alone, obviously watching her. And she, you know what, when she knew that she wasn't getting the attention, she started picking up the food and eating it herself. So but maybe now if you reflect on this. Aviv, maybe she was just trying to have a bit more control over her eating. Correct. So a lot of the time, though, exactly like what you said, we can get so honed in and start pushing and pushing and a child go, hey, back off. I am not having this. And this is where sometimes giving them a bit more control back. So I love the CogniKid spoons. I don't know if you don't know, you know, right then, but they're thickened gripping spoons. They're thicker. So it means that a baby can hold them much easier. They just pop them into like whatever food you're giving and then they can suck it back off. So it gives them a bit more freedom. It also sometimes by giving them a utensil and you having a utensil, you can get a bit more in that way. But just remember, kids will eat. Our function as parents is to offer the food. It's up to the kids to choose what they eat. And look, I can guarantee you there's people listening out there and they go, oh my God, my kids lived on sausages for three years. They all eat perfectly fine now. My kids only eat chicken nuggets and chips and they all eat better now. So I'd never get so honed in. It's just we can do everything in our power to lay down the foundations and then, you know, let them to it. Yeah, I remember my my kids used to love chicken nuggets and chips and now my daughter will not go near them. You know, there you go. There you go. At this stage, it's important to emphasize what is not suitable over the first six months and certainly beyond the first year. Well, cow's milk is not suitable drink up to about a year of age. Formula or breast milk and water should be um, the only sources of liquids that babies have. And actually, good point. Water should be brought in uh, from the time you start your solids in the sippy cup, cool boiled water initially in a sippy cup, free flowing. Think cheap and cheerful. When you turn it upside down, it uh, flows out and it's up to the parent to use it at every mealtime to build up that um, ability so they know how to drink from it and everything else. And by the time they won, they'll be drinking away from it. No bother. Yeah. And I think as well, it's important to emphasize sweet drinks, squash, fizzy drinks, milkshakes, fruit juices, have lots and lots of sugar. So please avoid them. And that helps prevent tooth decay. It prevents them from developing a sweet tooth. Even baby and toddler drinks can be very, very sugary. So please avoid at all costs. Yeah, juices really aren't required. They're a great uh, marketing gimmick that you see in the counters and you think six months plus, oh, I'll definitely get that. They'll drink them. But you know what? Kids will drink drink water. They'll eat unsweetened natural yogurts and things like that if we just let them to it. Even if you use natural yogurt and you put a spoon of fruit back into it. um, I know my first, he'd eat all that linseed, the whole works. And then, you know, we got to the fourth and he probably did have the petty flus and things like that. But he'd still eat a very good, very uh, kind of wide variation of different foods. So... And it's important to to remember that if you do not have these drinks in your household, the kids will grow up not getting used to them. And I suppose one bit of successful parenting that I can that I can brag about is that my daughter, who's 15 and my son, who's 12, still hate Pepsi, Coke 
all of those fizzy drinks, they will not drink them. They never grew up with them. So they're not used to really having them at all. And I would agree like, well, we have we've had dental issues in our house, so we're very much um, against the drinks. But like, look, it, like everything, it's each in moderation, um, depending on your own parenting styles. All of these are just guidelines. You do what works for you. And if you ever have any questions or any concerns, you can always refer to the HSE website for more information on how to wean your baby onto solids. And let's be honest, myself and Afif are no perfect parents. So we've all hit challenges along the way, as you can hear from Afif's earlier, uh, sprawling the food all over the <laughs> sitting room floor. Hey, I wish there was photos of that now that we could put up. I think, I think there's a video, but if I, if, I, if I post it, my daughter will actually disown me. Anyway, we hope you find this useful. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back after this message. When choosing your antenatal care journey, you need a team that you can trust. Here at Evie, we offer personalised, multidisciplinary care in a state-of-the-art environment, ranging from consultant care, high-end scanning and prenatal testing, to expert advice on diet, exercise and mental health. Our team of world-class consultants in obstetrics, gynaecology and paediatrics provide the highest standards of care for you and your baby. Contact us today on 01 293-3984 or visit our website at ev.ie for more information. Evie, a game changer in antenatal care. And welcome back to Afif's nerdy segment of the week. So what are we talking about today, Afif? Actually, today's research paper that we're talking about is quite um, relevant to the topic of the episode, and that is the introduction of feeds. There was a study that was published in January of this year from Sweden that looked at the timing of starting solids and the duration of breastfeeding in a cohort of Swedish women. What the study showed is that the earlier the infants begin to taste small samples of food, the earlier they end up eating more food and the earlier they end up stopping breastfeeding. Almost half of those infants actually received their first taste of food at the age of four months. So a lot earlier than um, what you'd expect. And the interesting thing is that existing research doesn't actually support the idea that introducing early feedings has health benefits to the child or the mother. So Katie, the advice from the Swedish National Food Agency actually goes against the World Health Organization recommendation for starting solids. In Sweden, they actually recommend that parents can introduce tiny amounts of food for infants from the age of four months. And this study wanted to look at the outcome and the aftermath of that. We know that breast milk contains substances that protect the child from infections, such as pneumonia and urinary tract infections. And that benefit actually can remain for the duration of breastfeeding. So they wanted to look at the impact of earlier introduction of solids on the duration of breastfeeding. So they looked at 1,251 um, babies all over Sweden and they asked the mothers when they started solids and they looked at the duration of breastfeeding in those mothers. 48% of those babies received their first taste of solids as early as four months of age. And what they actually found was that the earlier the infant started with those tiny amounts of feeds, the earlier they ate larger quantities of solid food. And this in turn has led to an earlier end to breastfeeding and a shorter duration of breastfeeding for those babies. I'm not saying that this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's important and relevant information for parents, especially if they plan maybe going back to work and they want to 
you know, wean their babies off the breast, perhaps starting solids slightly earlier can help them achieve that goal. So I think what's actually really surprising about this is when Afif was showing me the graph of the decline from when babies started their solids and how it impacted uh, breastfeeding. I think we have to acknowledge that breastfeeding rates in Sweden are by far higher than that in Ireland. And I think by parents bringing in solids, maybe going on the results of this study, that if it does impact our breastfeeding so big that actually our, maybe that has a large part to do with our breastfeeding rates dropping so much further by the time of six months. So I know like I think it's a, a kind of around the six month mark from what our rates are is roughly in around the 30 percent or just above that. So you just wonder, is it having such an impact that because if parents in Ireland do start anywhere between the four months and the six months, the earlier ones, maybe that's where we are seeing the breastfeeding rates taper off even further. Yeah, that's an important point. And to put it in context, um, at one month, over 90% of mothers are breastfeeding in Sweden. And that remains high at around 70% by six months, according to the study. And it only drops to about 30 to 20% by the end of the 12 months. Like that's amazing. When you think of our breastfeeding rates are kind of below just, what is it, 67% in around initiation rate. And by the time parents kind of either see the PHN or within that first week have probably dropped down to just under the 40%. I mean, if they're hitting kind of 20, 30% with 12 months, like that's, I'm just, I'm just thinking like when it comes to our breastfeeding rates is starting solids actually have, if in the cohort that start earlier, is it leading to breastfeeding rates drop even further? Yeah. So the impact of this may be a lot more significant here in Ireland. Yes. If you look at the formula rates, only 20% of mothers use formula by one month of age in Sweden. And that only goes up to about 40% by about six months of age. And that then tails off down to less than 20% by 12 months of age. So their use of formula is completely different to ours. So I would still maintain the recommendation of not starting solids until the baby has completed five months of age. So only begin to think about starting solids after the 20, 22 week mark. Yeah. Absolutely. And I always think that's a good marker, kind of anywhere between the 20 and the 26 is time to even just consider about how we prepare for it. Um, What do we need? Preparation is key. Great. So finally, we're going to move on to parent questions. So Katie, we actually have a very relevant question. Again, keeping in with the theme that we were discussing about the paper, a mother asks, um, I'm about to start feeding my baby um, solids around five and a half months of age. I am exclusively breastfeeding. How will this affect my breastfeeding habits or do I need to change what I'm doing in terms of breastfeeding? That's a great question. It comes up time and time again. So when it comes to breastfeeding, we continue to breastfeed on demand. Um, When it comes to solids, they actually kind of come in a bit more at a schedule. So you kind of will have your breakfast, your lunch or your dinner, depending what you have, and then your tea at specific times. The breastfeeds just um, go in or around them, basically. So your breastfeeding doesn't really alter. But what can happen as a baby becomes more established on their breastfeeds or on their solids, I should say, is that for some infants, you may notice that the, the breastfeeds space out in times. For others, they may they might continue to breastfeed in the same kind of manner they have always done, but the timings reduce down on it. And for other infants, they will breastfeed as they always have, nearly like newborns, and they don't change at all, whilst also taking in their solid input intake. So when it comes to basically, you continue to breastfeed as you always have, but you will notice that you might uh, your breast your actual breastfeeds might reduce in time or or the habit might change towards them as the solid volume increases. Great. This brings us to the end of this episode. We will hopefully see you next week. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, everyone. Have a great week.